Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day, and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we recap round one of the A-League season. We discuss what a bit of rain does to a football match. We talk to the head of the Mariners Supporters Trust, Mark Brogan. And of course, we answer your questions. I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke, Josh, and Morrow. Fellas, remote hello. Remote Good evening. Hello. Remote hello. <laughs> <laughs> Good from you. That's yeah. Yeah, that's yeah very good. Very good Ooh, start. Well played. You knew where to get to that button, didn't you? <laughs> Quick too. Mm, exactly. Impressed. I like it. Uh, fellas, um, it's been a day. Let's uh, let's dive right into it, as we always do with Fred's question. This week, Fred's asks, with the rumour that there will be a testimonial match to celebrate Matt Simon's career at the Mariners, which players, past or present, would you like to see play in that match? Eddie Bosner. Yes. <laughs> yes. Legend. Unironically, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. He's only down the road at the Wanderers too, and I know that him and Simo were the very best of friends. Yeah, that works. That works. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gumps. Yeah, yeah Gumps. Yeah. yeah, there's a few obvious ones in there. Gumps, Rosie, uh Damian Brown, um, Matthew Trot, um, yeah. Vuko yeah. Tomasevic. Did you say Pedge, Moz? Uh, <laughs> Did I hear a Pedge? No Pedge. Oh, no, no Pedge. Okay. No, um, no. I was just, I was just trying to find the picture. There was a picture of all of those who turned up to hear some farewell and uh, and uh, you know enjoyed the prawn sandwiches in the corporate lounge. And, yeah, uh, yeah Hef was who I said, but Hef, I was yeah. trying to find Oh, Hef, yeah. Um, Josh Rose, Patrick Zvonsvik. Yes. Beecham. Michael Beecham. Yeah. Millis Tijovsky. Oh, Sturge, of course. Yeah. Probably us. Yeah. Monterino. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, Monty. I'll lace, I'll lace yeah, I hope they the boots, do. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they do. Wilco. Like a, uh, if he's yeah, like a Simo's like 11. Yeah, Wilco would be good if he's able to play. I think mm. so. Yeah, yeah, he came off at halftime in the Sydney game. Um, one one thing that um, myself and a good friend of the show, Carly Carmichael, spoke about um, was maybe doing like a season one or season two Mariners versus like season two Jets uh, game in testimonial. Or like a Simos 11 versus a Jets 11 or something like that. I can, I can see the flying prize already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the game on the way out sounds like um, good fun, actually. We could build half an 11 just from mascots. I'm actually just sort of starting to think. We could do <laughs> mustard. We could do tomato sauce. We could do barbecue. We've got Marvin, and then we've got uh, those two pirate mascots. Captain Yellowbeard and Admiral. I think, has yeah. it been murdered? Or what's happened? Is it lost its <laughs> Literally. Oh well, one of them was in um, one of them was in uh, a video the other week with Marvin, and Marvin just messed him up. Oh, so he is dead. Okay, well maybe it's not quite half an eleven, but <laughs> that's a that's I a decent side though that you've named there, boys. I don't think he's dead. I think he's in retirement. he's in Marvin's basement. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think you've got to have barbecue and tomato on the wings. Uh, Marvin is the nine. <laughs> I mean, if you've got the sauce bottles in the squad, you surely can't have Brent Griffiths in the squad. 
Danger. Might be a bit of ill feeling there Classic left over. Danger, danger. Um, yeah, there's a there's a load of players. Uh, oh, Tommy P. Tommy P. Oh, need to get him away from Maccas and the Sigs, and he'll be <laughs> and he'll be there. Rock, he'll rock up with a quarter pounder and a cig in his mouth and be the best player on the pitch. It sounded like him on a on a normal on a normal A League game day, so I'm sure he'd be fine. Easy. Yeah, hundred um, percent. No no holds barred. Anyone. From the Mariners previously, name your one player that you would have in that uh, in that squad. I'm going to say Hef, uh, just because very 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 early on uh, when I was young, because what the league was 11 when I started, and I used to love Hef. Hef was easily my favourite player, so uh, I'm going to go with Hef. Don't know how old to go, but um, my daughter was always a. Um, Wayne O'Sullivan, lover. Sully. Oh, we yeah. forgot Sully. Sully. Yeah. 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 So, he's only local as well, coaching at uh, Central Coast United, of course. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Sully. There we go. Matty Crow. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, that name, that name just came to me. Uh, you know what? I, I, he's playing with us again, but what about Danny? Do you reckon we have to put Danny in goals? Hmm. Probably, actually. I think so. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, share. definitely Danny. I'm sticking with Tommy P. No, no argument here. <laughs> Can you smoke at Plume Park? <laughs> there is a well. I say there's no smoking at the venue, but there is a dedicated smoking area um, off to the side. Oh yeah, so, just down near the crapper there. Yeah, near, if, near the crapper, exactly. Yeah, if you can do rotating subs, you can just you can just sort of come off like every fifteen minutes and just sort of power up and then run back on. Put him put him on the left. <laughs> put, <laughs> right. put, him, put him on the left, and then he can jump the fence and have a cig and then jump back on. It's got like yeah. a progress bar, like Tommy P loading as he inhales a cigarette. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I can picture that. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this! Look at this! Look at it! 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 All right, let's cast our minds back, all the way back to the Saturday just gone, round one of the A-League. The F3 Derby returned to Central Coast Stadium, or did it? Uh, the rain, La Nina, getting the better of us on the day. Fellas, this one sure was moist. Six-month off-season for that to happen. <laughs> How dare they not play it? <laughs> <laughs> just power through. <laughs> Why don't they just run out there and who cares if the ball doesn't bounce? I mean, come just on. Power through. Just a ball. The, the ball doesn't bounce or if you can't kick it more than two yards. It was certainly an absolute shocker out there. So the players came out for warm-up and it was it was okay. It wasn't really raining, um, but there were lightning strikes pretty close by. So the players had to go back in for their safety um, and then the rain really took hold and we got absolutely bucketed on. Um, you could see it was in trouble as soon as the water started pulling on the surface there. Yeah, I, I don't think it's – it's you can't put too much blame on the uh, on the stadium or the pitch or the drainage or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not state-of-the-art, like we probably saw in Sydney with the new stadium, but we, we copped so much rain. Um, and then I, I did potentially even see somewhere that we may have actually got a bit more than what some parts of uh, Sydney did. So um, – it was, it was never going to be played. But a quarter past five, looking at sort of the uh, pictures on the, on the arts, uh, TV while we were in the leagues club, 
it was pretty pretty evident that the boys were never getting out, which, yeah, it's such a bummer because, and I think you can confirm this, Pete, there was 5,000... 5,019, I think, or 5,219, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah it was just when, over 5K. Yeah, that had already gone in and, you know, looking at all the people in the Leagues Club and then if it was going to be a normal sort of a day, we were probably sort of uh, on track for, you know, maybe eight, eight and a half, which I think would have been very, very healthy um, given the current circumstances. So it's, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I think if that weather had have um, been any good, um, would have been nudging even potentially 10, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there would have been more travellers um, because um, you're right, Luke, in, you know, standing at the gate there, then um, this was a slow burner kind of crowd that came in and uh, like didn't start quickly like it sometimes does where a 1,000 people are standing outside. It was just constant and a small number of people um, always coming through. So we actually gave out many more loose cannons than I expected because there were so many people coming in. But and Newcastle had a decent number of fans come, but I think they would have had some more come had the um, weather been better. So, so yeah, I think it would have been a big crowd. And yeah, all jokes aside, obviously, the amount of rain I don't know if people understand some of this rain is kind of borderlines and unprecedented. And you just can't get rid of it. So, yeah, and it, you had to know by about, for me, 20 past that even even if uh, it stopped raining, it probably wouldn't be able to drain in time for any intelligent football to be played. So we're probably better off to save our opportunity. It'll be an absolute disaster for the club and all the people that, around the event and all of that, though, setting up and pulling it down and doing it again. So, But fun for us to go and do it again. Did you guys not even make it in? I was in the ladies' nope. club. Yeah, right. And, and I was about to head in. in. I was and about I, to head in and saw the pitch. I was like, oh, okay, we're not playing today. And I left. So um, without realizing that the Maddie Simon thing would go ahead. So, um, yeah, might be too early for that segue, but there were a lot of people not in the stadium, even though there are a lot of people in the stadium hoping forlornly that something would happen. Yeah, I drove half an hour for one beer and then had to drive home. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it's a shame that we went ahead, that we went ahead with the Maddie Simon thing because it was that was that wasn't uh, the best way to do that. I don't think, given the uh, circumstances, it just looked a bit looked a bit odd standing out there trying to uh, survive underneath an umbrella um, and get through all that. Which I think you may have the hot goss here as well, Pete. About uh, I think we are going to try and redo something for him because that yeah yeah absolutely yeah and we'll come to that a bit later but um you know there's two sides to it i suppose because simo had all his family all his mates there as well um that had traveled um to be there for the day so would have i guess been wrong in some ways not to do anything um on the day as well um so you know the decision was made to uh to push ahead with it um but there will be more to come it's going to be like a a John Farnham sort of uh, farewell tour, I think. <laughs> well, and I, it, the thing is, I, it, it is hard in that situation. And I think you're right, Pete, that they had to go ahead with it and and now realise that it's the right thing for us to do that properly if we can at another time because we don't have a great track record, not through anyone's particular fault with our farewelling, do we? Because if I remember rightly, the last farewell was Josh Rose and we got an absolute whooping probably sack the coach that night. Um, so 
yeah, it'd be good to send Matty off in the right way, and I think he deserves that. Yeah, I think in some ways it's kind of funnily enough, uh, maybe a little bit of a blessing in some ways that he's going to get another opportunity to do it and potentially even a testimonial and you know, he's going to get, you know, three farewells now. How fitting. The more the better. It should just be a farewell for every home game just so everyone gets a chance to see him. Yeah, yeah, like I said. 13 yeah. farewells. Yeah, Mariners all-time leading goal scorer, seven-time golden boot winner and record holder for the most farewells at the club. Hopefully he's only going a couple of metres from the sideline across <laughs> to the bench. Yeah, yeah, or at least just hanging around the tunnel waiting for Daniel Pena to return. Exactly, or, <laughs> or, or Joel Griffiths if it's a, if it's a, if it's a testimonial match. <laughs> or a now, I, know, I know we uh, never got on the pitch, but can we talk about our starting 11? Yes, I think we must. Is there any uh, surprises in there for anyone? Couple. Yeah, I guess I the obvious one was Cummins yeah. not starting, but uh, yeah, apparently there was something with his shoulder in Socceroos camp that prevented him from being a starter, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, so I was I, also surprised that Nizzy was starting. Yeah, I I, I saw uh, I saw Cummings at training on the Tuesday, and he did maybe half the session, and then sort of went and did some shooting drills, but. He looked okay, and he looked like he was stretching something out. And yeah, apparently it was his uh, shoulder. But I was hoping that he'll be all right by the weekend. But obviously not a hundred percent. And yeah, I, I I did not think Niz would be starting, given um, I think he, he maybe played two or three games in preseason, and not sort of the full games. And that was sort of only really towards the end. Um, and then probably the biggest surprise was Aquilina and Ruse. Like I know Ruse has been banging them in. Um, but still was still was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, probably Aquilina was maybe the main one for me because he's obviously done uh, something right to impress because everything that we've sort of seen that uh, thought Storm would for sure be starting in that right back spot. Yeah, I was yeah. a bit shocked about um, the Cummings situation, but I guess it's probably not that surprising because uh, he was having to carry the likes of Matt Lecky and others on his back <laughs> while he was with the Socceroos. Where's that drum now, Pete? And uh, so, so fair play to him. But but Very yeah, I, I was a bit surprised by that. And yes, Aquilina. But isn't that a statement about how a bit of the competition that Monty has somehow got us playing with there in the preseason? Obviously, there are there has been Aquilina in these positions, I thought it would be Storm for sure. Um, and from what I've seen, that's what I would have probably been selecting. But there's been all these other matches and different conditions that Monty's made, Serge has made, they've made, the the group has made, the club's made. And so so I guess I was like, oh, that's a little bit unusual. And it was even a bit hard to figure out who would actually be playing where. But um, once figured out, it seems that we have options. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um... Uh, Tommy Aquilino was maybe the only sort of one that was 50-50, a um, bit of a toss of a coin for myself between him and Storm. Obviously, as you say, um, Monty and Serge have liked what they've seen towards the tail end of uh, pre-season there. So um, Michael Roos and, and Paul Aongo starting up top, um, I think was fairly well to be expected, um, being that uh, Cummings has been uh, with the Socceroos. And as you say, Josh um, had that shoulder issue as well for the rest of it though for the most part fairly unsurprising i think for me your call was caltech and um trianus together in the um back luke 
that's there. Yep. Um, everything else does look fairly standard, really, doesn't it? Except that no one knew that Niz was going to be uh, bounding out with that from that injury. So, and a lot of people missed the fact that Dan was suspended and was wondering where he was, which was unfortunate. But yeah, well, the even more unfortunate thing now is he's still suspended for this weekend and yeah. um, going forward this weekend as well. Oh, we'll I be didn't missing, think about that. We'll be missing Nectar Triantis, uh, who's off with the under twenties. Yeah, I did. That did not even click. Hey, that mm. we didn't. We didn't actually play a game, so he still hasn't <laughs> served a suspension. Oh, dear. Yeah, so uh, we'll be um, potentially even more of a makeshift backline, depending on Kalechi's fitness as to whether he can get back to uh, fitness ahead of this weekend's uh, round two fixture against the Phoenix. Are we unhappy about that? Or are we happy for our young players to get away there and take that opportunity and improve themselves? Um, There's this little tone of not being happy around there, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of with the club on this one. I know the club weren't exactly thrilled with it either. Um, and I think they've kind of um, maybe subtly somewhat made their displeasure known. Um, you idiots. On the, on the socials there. <laughs> yeah, they weren't exactly stoked with, you know, potentially Garang now missing round one, two, and three. I think that maybe impacts his... He's pushed for a World Cup spot. That's yeah. a fair call. And that's that's sort of the hard thing because uh, and these qualifiers are important for the under-20s as well because if they don't do well, then we don't get a World Cup spot for the under-20 mm. World Cup, which would obviously be bad as well. But I guess the question is, could we get through these qualifiers without Koal? We potentially could. And I guess that's where the bit of uh, frustration comes from, I think, which I would obviously very happy for them, but I would agree with that, that it does kind of hurt his uh, chances a bit. If it's up in the air still, it might not be up in the air. You know, maybe Arnold's already made his made his uh, mind up. Yeah, who knows what he's thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully it just turns out to be one round. Hopefully he does end up coming back in time for the Perth game in round three. Um, the tournament will have wrapped up by then, but um, yeah, we'll uh, wait and see. Wait and see. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Let's have a look back at the rest of the round. That was round one of the Aliga. Aliga returns, baby. It's finally back. Um, starting, of course, with the first game of the season on Friday nights down in Melbourne. The replay of the grand final that no one wanted. Uh, Melbourne City playing host to Western United, getting the job done, getting their grand final revenge uh, in a 2 1 victory. I understand why they wanted this as like the grand final is the first game of the season, but. Seven and a half K crowd. Uh, yeah, it, it just it felt like the season didn't get off to as good a start as it could have. Me personally, I think I would have had the Sydney victory game on the Friday night, get the get the league off to a to a good start as we'll just touch on. That was easily the game of the round. So yeah, City did the job. Western didn't look that good, to be honest. They sort of started off a bit slow, but that's to be expected sometimes of teams in round one. Of all of the games that were played, this had the smallest uh, crowd, and it's a grand final replay of two teams in Melbourne. That's- and mm. and you have to say that f- for the circumstances and who they are, that was a decent crowd. Like for me, I was marvelling at how all of a sudden Western United have got fans. 
Winning helps. Well, that, yeah, they were all there. There was a massive wagon there. All 400 of them. Yeah. The wagon's full and there's 400. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it, it was just a, shit. But They're impressive shit. in the in the scope of what I thought was doable between those two teams, to be honest. Um, but Josh yeah. is right. that, yeah. that Well, everyone's right that, that the um, Sydney-Melbourne game was the game, as it turned out, um, for the spectacle as well. Leo Lacroix had a pretty... Pretty damn torrid time on Friday night, didn't he? Cheers for our fantasy teams, for everybody. Here. 99% of the bloody fantasy teams in shambles, including mine. Not good. Um, yeah, own goal Shocker. and then just gives the ball away to the uh, bloody tap-in merchant for the second one. The, the Dinkovich merchant. The Dinkovich merchant, yep. <laughs> and, uh, and then Lacroix almost also got himself bloody sent off towards the end of the game. Mm. He just... I don't know what happened. Just hadn't had an absolute nightmare. But I'm, I'm sticking with him uh, in my fantasy. I'm powering through. What about in your fantasy team? I <laughs> got him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's two from you oh, so far. Yeah, killing yeah. it. Yeah, it's full of beans. <laughs> Only living off that well. for at least a week. <laughs> Milanovic, of course, pulled one back late in injury time uh, for Western Whatever FC, but it wasn't to be uh, Melbourne City getting the three points on the night. Turning to Saturday, the 5pm kickoff was Brisbane Raw against MacArthur. Oh, my gosh, what a snorefest. Yeah, and it also... We kind of lost uh, track of it at the club, didn't we? Yeah, also doesn't help that Brisbane have now returned to their 50,000-seat seat, uh, bloody soulless... Cavernous arena. Uh, yeah, it's... But, I mean, all things all things really considered, again, that, that's that's 8,500 is probably a decent sort of uh, little crowd considering what they've sort of been through. Mm. In the last uh, couple of years, and, and to be honest, they actually surprised me a bit with uh, their performance. Um, I actually thought they were they were they were pretty decent. I think if maybe Charlie Austin with a couple of more games under his belt um, will start to look a bit more lively. I thought he was it looked like he was struggling a little bit, but O'Shea, um, Armiento, who they picked up from Perth, I thought they were all pretty impressive. And I think Macarthur, Macarthur. Um, did not live up to the hype in that uh, first game. I think. Was there yeah, the Arzani? The Arzani hype is crazy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I can't stand it. Yeah, it's the Arzani De Silva um, De Villa hype, really, isn't it? That sort yeah. of midfield trio, and I just, I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. No, if they Anthony had a Carter, probably missed the easiest goal all season. Mm. Miss of the season already. <laughs> What, already? Yes. Um, <laughs> let's move right off that one and look at our match of the round. Of course, it was uh, the Big Blue Sydney FC first game returning to Allianz Arena um, or whatever they're calling it. It's still Allianz? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. The Allianz Stadium. Um, going down 3-2 is, I think, most of us probably rightly predicted to a rampant Melbourne victory side. Great game. That was a good advertisement for the league, that game. Yeah. New good spectacle. Good. A lot happening, you know, yeah. and both sides put up a decent performance, new players to the league, um, you know, sort of impressed in the game. Weather didn't uh, screw them up like it did us, although it was pretty wet there. 
Yeah, I thought Sydney were looking to goods early on, but um, Victory did what Victory does. And uh, I mean, you look at the players they've got on uh, on their team sheet. They always had the quality to keep on coming back, and they did. And uh, I think Nani in the uh, there was there was a lot of people hyping up Nani and how he sort of was uh, playing. I didn't think he was anything that special, but when the moment sort of came, he uh, had the perfect ball to uh, set up that goal. So. That was a wicked that's ball. What, that's what you pay for. Mm. And D'Agostino's header was world class oh. to me. What a what a good header goal. and a half. There has to be a little yeah. bit of luck in that, but that's the perfect position, isn't it? Isn't it? It's so hard for the keeper if he can get the header there. Um, when so, you got the pace on the ball from the cross already, you just need yeah. to you know, yeah. place it, and it just flew straight into the top corner. Yeah, and I was I, I enjoyed the result really because I hate Melbourne victory slightly less than I hate Sydney, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm all for that. But we possibly won't finish ahead of victory this season. Mm. Yeah, the, again, in my tip for, for the top three there, um, it was, yeah, this one dinged and it donged. More dong in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the title of your, never mind. Uh, <laughs> yes. Very good. Um, of course, the first game at 1pm on Sunday, Wellington returned once again home to Westpac Stadium uh, in a one-all draw with Adelaide United in spite of playing the vast majority of the match with 10 men. Um, it was the Wayne Train who opened the scoring in the 75th, Ben Halloran uh, breaking Phoenix hearts so, so late in the 93rd minute. Yeah, Adelaide started well. I thought Adelaide looked really impressive early. Um, and then, as we see happen quite often, the uh, red card changed the game seemingly in the Knicks' uh, sort of our favour. <laughs> we mentioned it off air. The the yeah. three game suspension for was his name Sasso. That was seemed a bit That's overboard for the challenge three, that he did. Three games is wild. Yeah, I would love to speak to the person who came up with that decision. Uh, um, uh, cu- courtesy of Kurt Ams or Sean Evans or someone, Evans, surely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, As Pete said, he was, like, he was wearing a yellow shirt, wasn't he? So, I mean, yeah. you know, let, let's be serious. That's all you can expect. Yeah, I mean, it's a red card every day of the week. It's reckless. It's out of control. You know, he slipped, yes, but as soon as he slips, he's out of control. So it's a red card. It's one week for me. Yeah, and I mean, surely you have to look at intent there as well. There was, there was clearly no intent, and you can see by his his reaction straight away that he, he knew that it was a mistake and that he slipped. There's no way he, he meant to, there's no way that he meant to do what he did. He wants to like chip it out of that bow, yeah. you know, raising one foot and in doing so takes the weight off the one that he slips on and slips into the bloke. And, and then after that, as Pete says, once he's out of control, then that is reckless. So fair yeah. enough. Um, dark yellow, Dark orange <laughs> tones on that yellow, at least. So, but not three weeks. Crikey! Mm. What, what did you think of stuff. what did you think of the Phoenix tactics? They seemed a bit passive and well, yeah, Adelaide they're, they're down to ten. They've got to try and absorb as much Adelaide pressure as they can. No, I think I think I think Millington probably played it exactly how I would. If <laughs> if that's how I would want us to play, we were probably down to ten men. Mm. Um, you know, sort of probably sit back and defend and don't let him in your 18-yard box, let it whip in the crosses all day, get rid of them, um, and then when your chance comes, and then you take it, and that's exactly what they did. Yep. Um, and, I mean, to be honest, they probably deserved the three points in the end, and then Adelaide just one one little lapse of uh, concentration right at the end, and Buddy Halloran's 
in uh, no man's land with no one on him at the back post or yeah, in the box there on the corner. Um, and I, I think we're probably going to have to start calling it bloody Adelaide time because <laughs> they, love, uh, they love a late goal. Uh, I think I'm having uh, Adelaide flashbacks now. Yeah, PTSD. Yeah, big time, big time. Final match of the round took us back to uh, Parramatta Combank Stadium as the Western Sydney Wanderers hosted Perth Glory. This one was a punish, fellas. Wow. Um, Our game was better. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, yeah, this one was tough to tough to sit through. Felt like a spoon bowl. Felt like I was watching the team in last and second last playing out. It was yeah, just. I, I think I said in a, in one of one of my group chats actually, someone said this is absolutely um, like ninth v tenth, and I'm like it's fifteenth v sixteenth. Everything about yeah. it was horrible. Like the pen, everything mm. it was all yeah. horrible. The whole they had the makings the, of uh, they had the makings of a team that got the spoon last season and is trying to rebuild, and a team that's been shit for six or seven seasons now and as i think from from the australia cup playoff match that, that they lost to brisbane back in may uh adama traore was the only player on the pitch for the wanderers that was actually that started in that game so it's mm. just an, almost an entirely new team and it showed mm. i was just going to say rudan said they'll they look one of the as one of the best Oh yeah, no, one of the quotes was, that he came out with today, which seemed ridiculous. But just so going to touch on that as well. Like if if Wanderers continue like that, they are going to get absolutely beasted by some teams out there. And Rudin's comments today, um, saying that he thought they were one of the best stylistically this weekend. Um, how soon is it um, before you know everyone is totally aware of how delusional he is, and he maybe gets punted? He knows that they've got the victory this weekend, right? <laughs> Like, they're gonna get towed if they play like that. God, I hope they do. Absolutely. I think he's been taking advice from Paul Ocon. <laughs> Sorry, Paolo. Shout out, Paolo. <laughs> if you will. Uh, <laughs> well, you know the the reality and all of that. You know, just putting that out there. I um I don't think Rudin would be the. The kind of personality that would take advice from from Paolo, in all no. honesty. Um, I'd love to see those two in a room together, see what they would talk about or not talk about, as the case may be. Well, yeah, no, I just I just mean that um, Paolo was always, you know, going to make us um, beautiful looking football. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, come on, Rudin. Yeah, is, no, is he I... getting is he getting sacked before? Who did I say? Moon. You say Moon or Corica? No, I think I might have said. Ooh, I think you might have said Moon. Yeah, I think I said Corica. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, based. Well, I mean, yeah, they're all on sort of pretty thin ice. You'd think um, if if Moon can can jag some results, and as you say, Luke, that midfield looked more impressive than it did last year with the addition of Armiento in there and, and Joe O'Shea once again hitting his straps. If they can give some service to Charlie Austin throughout the course of the season, they might just save Moon's job. Rudin uh, has a bit of a job on his hands to, to get out of this one. Yes, he got the result. You know, as I say in cricket, shit gets wickets, but um, only only for so long. 
Yeah, that goal that they scored was pretty much on Perth and ready coming out for a ball that he probably didn't need to and then just, you know, scrappily turned home by their new number nine who I wasn't really that impressed with, who didn't really do much besides the goal. But, uh, yeah, I guess three po- it was three points. It was a, one of those wins. You take it and you just move on and burn the evidence of the game. Moving on to, well, uh, rounding up round one of A-League action, of course, we're going to have a quick look at uh, not only the Coast Football Ramble Fantasy League, but also the Coast Football Ramble tipping competition, of course, on Keep Up. Um, We do have 75 people who have so far joined the Coast Football Ramble Fantasy League at the moment on top after round one. Bernie in a beanie with 102 points. Love that. Love these names. Uh, Come Dog Millionaire in second with 96 points. Uh, Trogs FC, which I think is your nephew there, Moz. Kale. Would appear uh, so. 87 points. Quality FC, Cameron on 86 points and rounding out the top five. Harsland Baggies on 82 points. Moz, you're uh, flying high, uh, repping the podcast boys in seventh with 80 points. That's a good round from you. Yeah, Coolio as Tulio started all right. Not as good as Chogs FC, but um, I'm impressed with Bernie and a beanie. Bernie, what? what? Bernie and a beanie. Yeah, well played, Liam. So, um, and 102 points. You can't argue with that. I've got no idea how to play this game, but somehow I managed to get more than Luke, and that's all that matters at this time. <laughs> Well, it wasn't hard. Yeah, you didn't make <laughs> it hard, thankfully, and so nah. I enjoyed that. Um, but, yeah, I'm a bit surprised we've got so many who want to um, teach us how to play the game, Which is, but it's nice. Well played, boys. I have a sneaking suspicion that Bernie and Abini might have played this before. Currently ranked at 130 overall uh, across the uh, the entire typical fantasy league, I think, um, rather. So, 12,000, uh, think- was it, in there? Yeah. In the comp? Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I know I'm in the I'm in the top 33%, I believe. Um, I had five players from my starting eleven who were out from the weekend, uh, including Jason Cummings, uh, Reno Piscopo, Danny Vukovic, Jacob Farrell, and Sammy Silvera, of course, getting goose eggs uh after the postponed F three derby. And you still yeah, flogged think- Luke by double the points. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That's a big it's shout out, big thank you to uh to Leo Lacroix for that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had uh, five that did not play, and then I just I got completely stitched up. I mean, buddy, uh, one day didn't come off the bench for Adelaide, and then uh, Nuno Raish and Berenguer were late injury mm. um, for Melbourne City, so mm. neither of them got any minutes. Uh, so I've gone with the bloody triple trade in round one. So I've got rid of <laughs> all three of them, and uh, I... Yeah, ended up uh, throwing in Armiento and Belante, and uh, I've gone with the normie pick uh, from round one, the, uh, the the surprise pick who scored the most, even more than uh, Jamie McLaren, which is Gabrielle Clare from Western Sydney, the new right back. Mm. Um, he picked up uh, 18 points on his own in round one, which is more than half of what I got uh, in total. <laughs> he looked all right too, didn't he, Luke? He did look all right. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did, considering how bad the game was, I uh, uh, I thought he wasn't too bad. So, yeah. well, um, so I'm going to admit that I've gone against custom here, I think, and maybe good play, and uh, I've transferred him in as well after Jason mm. Jerry failed to make an appearance for me. Um, yeah. So because uh, the points, yeah, he's probably going to get injured at training, I'd say, just before the next game. 
<laughs> That's what happens when I transfer into player, but yeah. <laughs> I think my side's going to probably remain fairly stable this week. There might be a couple of changes in midfield, but um, yeah, we'll. Um, I don't think I'm going to make too many changes yet. My one main change was David Ball out because he was injured. I didn't realise that, and I've put in Economides just because he got 17. I, think, I agonised on Economides when I was doing my original team as well because I was like, he didn't score at all last season um, in the league. He wasn't a high point scorer, but he was so, so cheap as well. He was only like 179,000 points or something. And um, yeah. in the end, I think I opted for uh, Silvera, um, which has backfired on me spectacularly after round one. But, um, yeah, we go again round two uh, next weekend or this weekend. Looking at the Coast Football Ramble tipping competition, uh, of course, round one, it's hard to pick, but there's uh, <laughs> some good names in here that have done quite well, actually, as well. Uh, leading the league after round one with four points, we have three up the top. We have Marty Mariner, of course. Um, just the tip, Aaron, uh, and uh, Danny Vukatips, Cameron, uh, on four points apiece. Yours truly, hello, goodbye in second with three points alongside Carl Morrow, uh, Harry's boys, Ryan B, Cum Dingo Malik Mane, uh, Benny, not the Jets, and Cum Dog Millionaire rounding out uh, the top three there, or top two, rather. Kyle, I hope you're listening, but you don't spell trogs without an R, mate. Just putting that <laughs> out there. You might be good at tipping. What, what about spelling? Just saying. Or well, maybe this is related to swimwear, Togs FC. Togs FC. Yeah, I think he's sponsored by Speedo. <laughs> I like our Danny Booker tips. I like that. Not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah, good. that nearly sent me. Seeing that alongside just the tip um, nearly absolutely <laughs> sent me just then. There were some concerning uh, team names revealed when we were talking about this last Tuesday <laughs> in the pod room, weren't there, boys? But we just just leave I that for everybody else to go and search the ranks for some of those. The A League meme, the A-League memes, uh, A-League memes comp has some interesting names in there. Oh yeah, I think, I think the uh, keep up HR department might have some work to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do you think they can afford a HR department after they drop tens of millions of dollars into an app that barely works? I don't know. You be no. the judge. <laughs> They're too politically correct to understand the jokes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So joining us this week on the Coast Football Ramble, we have, of course, the founder of the Central Coast Mariners Supporters Trust. It is the one and only Mark Brogan. Mark, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Pete. Boys, how are we? The one and only. That's a bit bit rich, but good to be here. <laughs> what an introduction! I loved yeah, it. Wow, that's good. <laughs> well, you've been on here a couple of times, so I think that's warranted too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, pleasure to be here. And um, yeah, Pete, every time I come on, mate, intros like that would be um, yeah. I'm, blu- I'm, blu- I'm, blu- I'm blushing, mate. What an honour. <laughs> I'll try and, uh, I'll try and, yeah, dial it up even even more next time for you. Let's see how red we can get you. First question, mate. Uh, Mark, have you yet, have you entered into the, the uh, Coast Football Ramble tipping or fantasy competitions? And if you haven't, why not? Where the bloody hell are you? Yeah, very poor form for me. Not yet. It is uh, one of those, um, yeah, unopened uh, Facebook notifications, emails, that sort of thing got to get to. 
Uh, I, w- I would pull the yeah new dad excuse, but you're not going to accept that. I can see by looks on your face. <laughs> <laughs> How's that excuse going, Boise? Can you get away with that one? Well, I'm on 32 points, so even if you do join now, Mark, you'll well and truly probably <laughs> catch me after the next round because it was a nightmare round one fantasy for me. But anyway, I'm still, I'm still in for a chance to join them, Boise. Yeah, you, yeah, you can play catch You'll up. get me easily. <laughs> Mate, it has been a little while since uh, since we last spoke. Of course, May of 2021, May of last year, um, we last had you on the show. Um, there's been some steps that have taken place since then. Firstly, can you give those of us who are a bit new to the Supporters Trust a bit of a rundown of what it's about? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, like I said, this is, uh, like you said, Pete, this is last update was sort of 2021. It was sort of that first phase of the, um, what we sort of called our supporters engagement. But um yeah, like you sort of said, going back to sort of the tail end of 2020 um, was when the Central Coast Mariner Supporters Trust uh, became came to me as an idea, if you like, where um, you know, I woke up one morning and it was an SPS World Game article and uh, Mike Charlesworth was looking to sort of sell sell the club. And um, I thought, yeah, as a Central Coast local, been here for a long time, um, number one, what would I do on my weekends uh, if there was no Central Coast Mariners? Number two, the the only professional sporting club on the coast. So um, yeah, essentially sort of set up sort of a landing page um, in terms of yeah, Central Coast Mariners Supporters Trust and then the idea sort of went from there and um, the the idea, or I suppose it's more than an idea now, it's sort of an established cooperative entity is that um, yeah, it's a it's an investment vehicle, a community investment vehicle to invest in the, into the Central Coast Mariners and the future of the Central Coast Mariners. Um, it's it's not a, it's, you know, it's not another fan club or anything like that. Uh, it'll never have a logo um yeah it's just sort of that corporate sort of cooperative uh, investment vehicle where um fans can sort of purchase a share uh and in in the, in the long term and short to medium to long term which we'll talk about today um yeah looking to sort of buy a community ownership in the club you know we've got the the badge on the back which we're all very passionate about the community club um you know one day it'd be great if we could be the community owned club uh, and that was sort of where the the idea sort of was launched in, in, in 2020. And then, um, yeah, we sort of sent some surveys out because obviously you need to sort of validate the idea and think if this is a good, yeah, is, is this a good thing that, that I'm looking at and doing and, you know, sinking some, some time in. Um, and we did some research as well with other sort of supporters trusts in the UK, people would be familiar with um, yeah, in Germany as well with sort of supporter or community owned clubs. Um, and then, yeah, people always point to as well, the green Bay Packers in the NFL who are sort of owned by the fans. Um, yeah, we don't have any sort of long-term long-term plans as well for um, you know, that sort of NFL style model, if you like, where we sort of own own the own the whole thing. I mean, that's probably a more of a twenty thirty or twenty fifty goal. Um, yeah, the goal of this was to go okay, let's let's look what that looks like in terms of community ownership, um, and you know, keep keep the Mariners anchored here on the in the on the coast, um, and going back to sort of that SBS World Game article, so. Um, that's where we sort of went to sort of 2020, 2021. And then um, basically with the help of you guys on the pod here, um, you know, social media, um, you know, was a resounding yes, to be frank, from, from the fans to say, yes, we wanted to be, a, wanted this to be a thing. And and then so, sort of since then, we've sort of been, you know, chatting with the club um, and looking at what would be um, involved. And that would sort of, you know, discussions with Sean, um, yeah, now Richard uh, and of course Mike as well. Um, and yeah, I can give you a bit more detail too, Pete, as well. But yeah, I'd you know, obviously sort of signed an NDA now that we've sort of established as a cooperative. 
So I can't really release sort of too many details, but if you read the, between the lines there, we have progressed quite a bit in terms of, um, yeah, that idea to sort of where we are today. So Mark, for me, I remember that a couple of years ago, a year ago, a bit more than a year ago, I can't really remember exactly, but there was much excitement because we were on the precipice of being able to move forward with the trust and there was a lot of interest there. And it also coincided, if I remember rightly, with the uh, final that Alan Stachik got us into and and we were just putting things in motion, even had people at the game uh, interested in what we were about, like business people. And so then things came along really rapidly like COVID and uh, also uh, the owner wanting to change directions and uh, things moving along. So so what has, can you sort of walk us through how that has progressed? Because yeah. it's been hard for there to be any traction at all in the last couple of years. The last year, we've just started to get to the point where there can be some interest again. And of course, fans are still bringing it up and saying, hey, what's the go with the trust? Yeah, great question, Was And I think for us, like if you look back, um, COVID, yeah, excuse my language, more to shit house time. Um, <laughs> And, you know, but if I still had my time over again, we'd definitely sort of start this up, right? And you're exactly right with um, with COVID, the sort of financial state of um, the, the league, Australia, the economy as well, it definitely sort of made us sort of rethink things. And one thing that sort of stayed true sort of throughout the the process for me was um, the supporters, right? The supporters from day one have been, yep, tell us more. Um, and, and personally, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to sort of, you know, dive in and sort of do more, particularly back then with COVID as well. And yeah, and yeah, when we had the discussions with the club too, obviously, yeah, this you know, chats with Mike, and it was all about sort of survival, if you like, too. And um, it, it probably wasn't the right timing too, in terms of you know now we have Richard as well, which sort of partnership with Mike. And that's was sort of what Mike was looking for, right? And as a supporters trust, we were sort of just starting up. We sort of hadn't hadn't done the capital funds and raises as well. And when we had our meetings with directors too, we sort of asked ourselves a good question, which is, well, if it's COVID. Um, everyone's struggling, unemployment benefits, and we go out and raise money. What, what, what is everyone actually buying? Right? What, what, are we, what, what are we looking for? So we actually changed our strategy uh, at that time, Moz, which you've mentioned, where, well, number one, we validated this with the fans. They think it's a really good idea. Let's, um, let's, let's organise all this and go talk to the club. And that's sort of what sort of led us with the discussions um, yeah, with Sean and, and sort of now with Richard as well is um, – yeah, they really think. Yeah, you know, we know that the fans think this is a positive idea, and they're ready to go. Um, yeah, they, but but the big, the key question that I want to sort of have clout in the game and sort of be respectable to you and sort of sit on this podcast and go, well, what do I get for my um for my share in the cooperative, right? Um, and so it was sort of the question for us: do we want to sort of sell sell an idea of this possibly happening? And and what I mean by that is we we sell the idea, we raise the money, and sort of like um yeah you know, the community funding rounds that you see on. You know, on social media and uh, GoFundMe pages for different businesses, you don't actually know what you're buying, right? Until until the point. So that's where we said, okay, we validated this with the supporters. They're they're they're, they're chomping at the bit. Let's go and talk to the club and say, hey, we we've gone away. We've done the research. We've set this up with um, yeah, insurance directors, a website, online payments portal. We just need to turn this on. But you know, let's let's think about it you know do you, do you want me to sell something that might happen or do you want me to sell something that could possibly happen with a community pathway to ownership so that's where we're sort of you know we're really sort of excited and obviously Richard was on the pod previously and said he's excited about it as well 
um yeah and i'm just sort of say watch this space for the future but you're right Mo, it's like it definitely sort of changed things for us covid not just as as people as football supporters as mariners supporters but as the supporters trust too definitely slowed the idea down um quite a bit we had the momentum um yeah but obviously other things sort of took over unfortunately you mentioned them mark obviously we we spoke to rich recently and he was sort of pretty positive about it um how sort of have your early conversations with him gone and how do you think he sees the trust being sort of a positive for the club? Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, Rich was kind enough to sort of invite us into the club and sort of first and foremost, um, yeah, putting the supporters trust aside just as a fan, like what a, uh, what a passionate, enthusiastic person just to be around Richard. Like he uh, invited us into the club, sort of showed us around, went down to the training ground, the boys were training, um, sort of took us into the gym as well, sort of had, had a look around, um, you know, something that I haven't sort of been exposed to until a long time. So just to, to give up his time then was was great. And, you know, the initial initial discussions, and that's what, exactly what they were, um, Luke, was just the, it was the first, you know, first few intro discussions. Well, what is it? You know, talk me through the timeline. Um, and he was overall positive, right? And I think he, he definitely sort of sees the supporters' trust as part of that journey um with, with with him and sort of building up the, with the club and with, with the goals that he's got as well um yeah so we're we're really positive um yeah everything he said today uh, absolutely sort of you know jumping at jumping out of my skin as well and yeah the the big thing for us is from a supporters trust point of view is when the, when the time comes and that time is sort of very soon we sort of the discussion just make sure that we're ready to go and sort of can um you know sets Meet, meet some of the targets and numbers that we've set as a supporters trust. But um, yeah, as a football fan, number one, I was uh, pretty pumped. And obviously the investment in, in the squad and the attention that he gives is um, is fantastic as well, just on the um, on the football side of things. You did mention there some of the targets that you've set. Can you share with us what some of those uh, targets and goals are? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely, yeah. So we, last time we sort of spoke as well on, on the pod and um, a few of our email updates sort of setting up the um, what we call the rules or the constitution of the cooperative. So that basically sort of sets out what the um, I, I, what's a share worth in the cooperative, right, when, when you buy that. So we sort of settled on that on sort of a $500 buy-in and then $200 per year um, to sort of be a member of the cooperative. And we've got a direct debit scheme as well at, and um, yeah, we, our first target is 1,000 1, 1, members. Um, and so that's not just on the Central Coast as well. We're sort of thinking uh, in, in terms of broadly, um, in terms of yeah, get everyone sort of getting a getting an ownership stake and being sort of a part of um, the, the Supporters Trust and hopefully the, the Central Coast Mariners Football Club as well. But yeah, what, yeah, we're keeping it very simple. Yeah, 1,000 members is our target. With with those sort of um, sort of share prices there, so if you you do some you know, some quick mathematics too, I mean that that'll mean you will sort of have hopefully with that target have sort of five hundred thousand dollars capital to sort of buy um, you know, buy a, a small percentage of the club, um, and then you know, look at obviously two hundred dollars per year, and we can sort of look at um, where we want to invest and in, improve the club as well, and um, that sort of once once we launch. But the, the the key thing here too, I just want to reiterate, is obviously having the connection connection with with the football club right um we could we, we could launch today you know we could turn the online online shop on and sort of start sort of you know um selling shares in the cooperative but you, if you're not actually connected with the actual club it's just another entity entity on its own um so we want to sort of be connected with that with the club from day one and you know over time you know this is obviously a time-based thing too right so 
don't know about you guys, but statistically speaking, I should live to about 80. I think I've said this before. Um, should live to about 80 years old. I, I still intend to be supporting the Mariners then. Um, and so, yeah, once you start small, things sort of compound. Um, you know, what's compound, you know, it can just compound over time. So who, who knows where this thing will go. But those are sort of the just small initial targets. And obviously the first one was to form as an entity launch. But when we sort of do launch, those will be sort of the numbers and sort of members we're looking to sort of bring on board. And so you you need that connection to the club um, to occur because you're looking to provide some, you know, sort of value proposition for those who choose to get involved in the club. And so for me, of course, then the primary thing that I'm doing is contributing to a vehicle that I hope will spend its money uh, within the realm of my club um, with the priority being always just being that Gosford club. What do you think are the kinds of things that um, the trust can provide to support the club or to go in partnership with the club or contribute to the club? And how do you think that we can bring that to life for the people who might want to contribute their funds towards it uh, so as they understand that value proposition? Yeah, yeah, that's um, there's, there's a lot of possibilities here, Moz, too. And if you think um, for those that were sort of involved in the early days, that was one of the things we surveyed, right, sort of where, where would you like to see um, yeah, your money go. The first thing I sort of want to say there too is um, the reason we establish as a cooperative is that yeah, it's 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 down to the one person or one entity per vote too. So for example, yeah, Moz, I might buy in for five hundred dollars, and yeah, you might sort of yeah dig into the kitty and 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 put in five thousand dollars, but it's still one person, one vote, right? And that's where we we went for that equality equity model, which we feel represents the sort of Central Coast and um, yeah, f- football in general, right? Sort of football for all. Um, yeah, yeah, for, for us, yeah, and, and for me, I think, you know, being true to what's made the Central Coast successful over time in terms of young players, the academy, uh, in, in investing in the in the academy too. Um, and I think sort of fundamentally, and this sort of comes back to the connection as well, is, um, you know, what, you know, the, the, obviously the club and Rich has to agree, right, has to agree to sort of what, uh, number one, that connection and and I think as well, you're having having a say on the colours on, on the badge, uh, on, on sort of Gosford being being the home, um, you know those sort of tangible things, and obviously you know, the the academy sort of being being on top of that as well. Um, there's some other ideas that I, you know, I, that's been thrown around as well, and I'd be eager to get um, you know before we start to get your your opinion as well um, on on the call as well. What would you want to see um, your money invested into and and probably the thing to, to keep in mind as well is that um, it's not a permanent thing, sort of set in stone, because um, as a cooperative, you will vote on these things sort of every year. Um, so once that connection's made as a cooperative, you know, you need to have an annual general meeting. We're looking at sort of four, you know, four meetings a year, so every quarter, and you would actually vote on these things too, so to sort of have your say. So the power of the people, if you like, sort of deciding uh, where... Uh, where that sort of money is invested, you know, it's not it's not Mark Brogan's decision or anything like that. Like that's um, and that's not the reason I sort of started this thing too. Right, it was for us as a community to get connected. So those those are the areas which I would want to want to sort of see it sort of um, yeah. Because you look at our academy, right, and um, yeah, a fella that was yeah you know, standing with some Newcastle fans just um, over a week ago in the stadium, sort of testament to that. So um, yeah, that's sort of where I'd like to. But what about you, Moz? Where would you want to see it? 
Um, oh, that, that's a little bit of a Dorothy Dixer, isn't it? Because I reckon you've got a pretty good idea of the kind of thing that you think that I th- would think I would like to spend the trust money on. You know, in a grand plan, then for me, I love the idea that the trust could be a vehicle that is uh, able to uh, get into uh, even a partnership with the likes of the council and the club to come up with, for example, the mythical venue where we hold our tro- trophy high and and we drink beer and um, coffee and it's probably under the stadium. Um, you've heard me say this story before, I think, uh, Brogues. But, and so I love that kind of thing, and that's a grand plan. And, you know, with if there were a 1,000 members, then you can be a serious contributor towards uh, getting into a partnership to start that kind of thing. If you can have enough persuasive um, influence there, then with a 1,000 people backing you, then maybe these things are possible. Of course, though, you know, uh, funding academy players and um, that being a visible thing I think is a, a kind of a cool thing um, I think there's probably a variety of options and and like I think you were kind of saying there the regular ability for people who might contribute towards it to uh, make a contribution to the voting or contributing their own ideas of what um, the, the trust might spend its money on I think is important not just um, a small group of people so I don't know Go on, Luke or Pete. We should buy another cannon. <laughs> what are we? Are we going to have a, like a civil war there? Yeah, and we can point that one at the away boat. <laughs> yeah, um, something along those lines. No, I, I think I, I think I mean I think as a start, I think a thousand people um, at you know sort of five hundred dollars each as a start. I think that's pretty realistic. I, I mean, the reality is not everybody will be able to afford that, um, but maybe like you said, Mark, at sort of some point down the road, we do get to a point where there's enough in the trust that it's a $1 buy-in. So that way 99% of people will sort of will be able to afford it or it's, it's not that sort of exclusive sort of club because I think that that's what you want to be sort of really careful of yeah. is that it sort of doesn't end up as this exclusive sort of thing. But I think $1,000, you know, 1,000 people $500 to start to build that sort of half a million, I think, I think that's more than reasonable. Yeah, I think it's a, um, a lot of academy player. That's a, a lot, lot of academy player. player. I think honestly, the, the probably the first place that some of the funds are going to go is to a fifty foot statue of uh, the Mariners' all time leading goal scorer and seven time Golden Boot winner Matt Simon. <laughs> um, and you can probably use some of the leftovers to uh, maybe get Luke's hair finally dyed as well. Confirmed. I thought Confirmed. I thought that would come up yeah. at some point. <laughs> it's that's coming up later in the show, don't you worry? I know. I saw it on the run sheet because I looked this week. <laughs> There's no escape. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm taking these down as um, serious serious points for listeners who might think um, we're, we're pulling a leg or two. But all, all you're talking about as well is, is match day experience too. Like with with the cannon, yeah, pointed at the away bay, you might have to get health and safety or the police to approve that one. Um, but you know, one other thing, you know, Moz, you mentioned like having a thousand people of, of backing too. But it's remember, it's a thousand people that are sort of supporting, right, and sort of. Yeah, if we have that connection with the club in the future, potentially, um, yeah, a thousand people that have invested their own money, um, they might have a few sort of ideas around sort of match day experience. Um, you know, East Gossy Rams, eat your heart out, Matt Simon, the goat, like just put the statue up there. That would get my vote for sure. Um, you know, so that's um, that's definitely and like that's sort of the power of the collective and sort of bringing bringing people together. Um, and that's why we went with you know to sort of 
you know, push the point again with the cooperative model, right? So it creates that community and th- that equity as well. So what's the current sort of status of it? What is what is happening with the trust now and, and how do people get involved? Yeah, for um, yeah, the current sort of status at the moment is sort of we're just sort of chatting with the club um, and sort of continuing to sort of validate the idea and what sort of it might look like. Um, yeah, and those sort of discussions I think will yeah, be beyond going uh, and that's probably all I can sort of say, say at this stage as well. Uh, in, t- in terms of sort of people and sort of fans' involvement, um, in terms of you know, signing up and you know, we're not sort of that, at that stage yet and sort of you know, handing over, you know, sort of signing up um, as members and parting with their sort of hard-earned wealth and capital as well. Um, yeah, that might sound strange to people. Yeah, like that's, that's just, you know, because like I said before, we want to sort of create that connection with the club first. Um, yeah, but what, what fans can do is sort of, you know, they can go online, sort of check, check out the website. Um, yeah, they can, you know, like you guys, got to keep talking to you, you know, stop, stop me at the, at the games as well, have a chat about it, sort of send through any of their ideas as well. Um, yeah, when I started this as well, I knew it was going to be a sort of a long-term, a longer-term thing. Like you can't just sort of start something overnight, which will sort of be the first, um, first in the A-League um, sort of, yeah, you can't sort of click your fingers. So what fans can do is sort of keep, keep, keep talking about it, keep reading, keep asking questions like they, they always do. Um, and just sort of stay, stay enthusiastic and stay excited about it. We're, um, we're, we're as close as we've ever been. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, COVID was a rough ride as well, but um, yeah, I, I won't be stopping. And I can tell you as well, like the directors and sort of the fans um, of the supporters trust as well, we'll just keep going until we get this thing over the line. I do just want to give a shout out on that note as well to uh, to Marco on Twitter, uh, who tweeted us earlier today saying, Mark Brogan, take my money, please. This is not a question. I just want to give money to the supporters trust. <laughs> yeah. And that like, that's yeah, going back. Yeah, like, that's just the, the generosity and power that we saw, like with the supporters coming forward and saying like, yeah, validating the idea, which was sort of so exciting for, um, for me and the directors as well, when we sort of saw that and go, okay, well, this is, um, this isn't just an idea. People want this to happen. And so, yeah, it's the whole sort of take my money. You know, here's a few ideas that that all builds builds the business case and sort of builds momentum for for the for the club as well. And um, yeah, for, for the club and Richard and Sean, like I said, they yeah um, have been more than supportive. Um, but like like sort of anything, you just need to sort of put in the work and sort of put in the time to sort of to sort of make these things happen. So um, yeah, we, we will take the money. Um, yeah, and yeah, but the, the time will come and it'll be sort of in a proper sort of laid out way. Um, and, and as well, you know, because of the cooperative and model, um, all of it will be transparent and sort of with financials and balance sheets sort of published on the website too. So nothing sort of behind the scenes. Um, yeah, that's why you want to sort of get connected with the club and set it up straight from the start. So I guess I'd summarise it all to mean that you need to have some good conversations with Richard about how to make it viable, how to make it good for the Mariners, how to make it good for people who want to get involved in it and um, that, that those are positive conversations that are um, probably yet to come but but uh, forming well. It's fair to say, though, that what you have already is an organisation that is fully formed, fully functional, fully approved, fully working um it's only the delivery um that remains to be you know timed with getting the right um value opportunities for the fans i guess um to be there with the club so so it's it's not like there's anything to do other than see how to make it work for the fans and for the club now 
Yeah. That, that, that that's right, Moz. That's um, I'd say ninety nine percent. The only one thing I would change there was um, yeah, Richard, Richard and the club were already sort of talking about about how how it could make it happen, right? Um, and you know, it's like you said, we've last time we spoke, we're sort of setting up the cooperative and setting up the entity, but now it's sort of there, ready to go, um, and and ready to be turned on, and um, yeah, we've. And openly, honestly, too, as sort of our directors in our last meeting, we sort of, you know, we always sort of paint worst case, you know, worst case scenario. Like what happens in six to 12 months if, um, you know, the, um, yeah, not, nothing has happened or, you know, if, if we get impatient or we sort of, yeah, things sort of drag out. Um, we, we, we can still launch um, and sort of start to raise funds um, and that's sort of a possibility. Um, but, but like I said before, we, we want to do that with sort of the, agreement and sort of connection of of the club right because otherwise yeah we're, we're raising money for something to potentially happen because but your your um conclusion there is 100 right we're, we're ready to go um yeah we want to do this in partnership with the club um yeah and 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 launch it jointly as well um at, at the same time so yeah look at looking forward to um yeah this season um yeah disappointing from um from saturday my young fellow it was his first game um well let's just say first I don't know what do you want to call that? Twenty five percent. It's still still drying off all his kit, but it's it's going to be an exciting uh, exciting uh, season coming up. His first pregame experience, his first game of uh, potential water polo, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Um, where where should uh, fans put their feedback and uh, get any other information that they might want to know about what's happening future wise, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, we've got the email address there too, which is on the uh, on on the website ccmsupporterstrust.com.au, and then the email address is just info info at ccmsupporterstrust.com.au. So, um, yeah, re- regularly have sort of people writing in with sort of their ideas, and they sort of get get filed away. Um, I'd probably say too, like some of the ideas are actually, re- you know, they're really good and they're on our list for sort of post launch. Um, if, if that makes sense. So some of the things that we've already spoken about, like where, where would the money go? Where should we invest it? But we just need, need that sort of connection with the club uh, there first. But ccmsupporterstrust.com.au and then info at uh, ccmsupporterstrust.com.au is the email address. Can our social media department put that on the post, Pete? Oh, I think, uh, I think yeah, I can have a chat to the social media guys at the Coast Football Ramble and maybe see if we can uh, yeah, get that across our socials there as well. Send them a quick email. <laughs> Needs to go through HR and marketing first. <laughs> HR couldn't connect. <laughs> what was that marketing? <laughs> Perfect, Mark. It has been so meticulously planned and crafted over the last couple of years. I've been so excited and eagerly watching this develop. I'm so excited to see what's to come as well for these supporters trust um any any final thoughts anything you want to add uh before we let you go this afternoon uh just that the um the goat needs to be redone and i, I think there's um the goat farewell and i think i read um that that will be but um that's the only thing i'd say uh that's probably most important this week Let, let's do that again and uh give him the send-off that he deserves the great Matty simon I do have some breaking news to come very, very shortly on that as well. Breaking news on the Coast Football Ramble podcast, hot off the presses here in my hand as well. Uh, So, (laughs) Mark Brogan, once again, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon to give us an update on the CCM Supporters Trust. And uh, like I said, so keen to see where it goes from here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And I'll talk to you guys soon.
is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And, of course, as we always say, thank you so much for all your submissions across Facebook, uh, Twitter, and the ccmfans.net forum. Kicking things off with a fairly poignant question this week uh, on Facebook from Brian Eggy Glasgow. How is Boise's haircut coming along? Boise, how is your haircut coming along? Um, hair's going well. Um, I suspect there is a hidden agenda uh, in this question. Why haven't and you dyed just, your hair yet, mate? Let's it just say. Me, Boise, it's let's not just long. say. Fuck the hidden agenda. <laughs> I have a time in mind when it will be done, but no one will know. It will be a surprise. Oh, surprise, Maresh. Surprise, Maresh. Will it be at some point? All I hear there is blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. Oh, gosh. Um, Cameron Oxley on Facebook. Did, any, did anyone stay behind long enough on Saturday to see the Ducks having a go on the field? Mariners v Jets in a water polo match would have been a pretty interesting prospect as well. I didn't see that. You guys, I mean, Luke, Josh, you guys didn't even make it into the stadium. Um, no. I left as Billy Wingrove and a couple of others were still having a like freestyle kick around on the on the side of the pitch sort of thing. So we didn't see the ducks, unfortunately. Is it like the our, it's like our version of the Amy Park Seagull? Is it? We've got ducks instead of seagulls. <laughs> no, we've got those um, those uh, birds oh, that's, that, um, that, nest. that are nesting. Ospreys. Yeah, the ospreys. Thank you. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. What'd you call me? Um, yeah, no, didn't see the ducks, unfortunately. I'm going to have to unfortunately go with the uh, scum here at a water polo match purely because <laughs> Yerman and Elsie are just hacks and they'll just kick the shit out of anyone. You know how, like, they just boot the crap out of each other, like underwater? <laughs> they yeah. rip the budgies uh, off, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I imagine they would be like in a water polo match. So Yeah, I don't know. I reckon the cum dog might have a couple of tricks up his sleeve too, but... Yeah, he'd be like... Yeah, I won't say what I was going to say. <laughs> 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 I'll try and keep it PG. <laughs> I mean, he's got the wrestling experience, so, you know, puts him yeah, in pretty true. good stead. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Jamie Palmer, who is our best starting back line and in what formation? It's four at the back for me. Yeah. Four at yeah. the back. Farrell, Caltech, Hall, and I'm still going to go with Stormer as right back. I'm going Faz. Um, Hall, Kelechi, and uh, Sasha Kazevsky. Academy Claxon. Mm-hmm. Faz, Hall, Nectar, I think. Maybe I, I thought he had a good game against Sydney, but I haven't seen a lot of him since. And then, yeah, Storm. Yeah, I'm Storm, Kelechi, Dan, and Faz. I mean, he could shift it to a, to a five at the back or a three centre-backs with your two wing-backs as well. Thinking about someone like Kazevsky, who has great attacking intent, um, playing him as a, as a right wing-back, playing Faz as a, as a left wing-back, and then you've got a back three of, uh, of Hall, uh, Kelechi and Triantis. I'm not against it. My only, my, only, my only thing with that is that probably Farrell's the one part of his game that he probably needs to improve is that attacking probably aspect mm. of it. That's fair. Um, 
that'd be my only real concern. But the old mm. five at the back, yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 yeah, do the old Monty Tinker. Let's go. Mm. I think you could play that as like a four at the back as well, so that you might lopsidedly have the right side go forward all the time and the left side um, filter in there to be the cover for that to happen um, constantly so that you end up with a a four always anyway and one attacking wing back um, on either side. But you're right, Luke, that we haven't yet seen what what Faz's full capabilities are getting forward. Mm. Sort of no storms. Haven't really seen uh, Aquilinas yet. Yeah, I mean, there's options there. I think you'll you'll see Monty stay pretty pretty much the same with that four at the back there. I, I think four four fucking two. <laughs> Matt Grandevec on Facebook. Can we get some in depth analysis of the match? And I love this comment from Bradley Prisk. Depth, yeah, about ten mils. Of what? That's, that's unders. That might be unders. Yeah. I think it was unders. Yeah. In parts, <laughs> it was, it was at least twenty-five mils. Yeah. Uh, sure. uh, um, yeah. We needed to send out Togs FC. Togs FC. There <laughs> you go. He's back at it again. Oh, what? <laughs> Where are you getting off, this from? Uh, Who are you, and what have you done with Aaron Morrow? Well, my nephew is providing me with, me with material. <laughs> I'll thank him later. I hope it's not the material from his Togs. Sorry, listeners. Uh, um, Stephen Gibson wants to know, when would the Mariners versus Jets round one derby be rescheduled for? Uh, TBC, I did hear immediately post-game, potentially December, but but there is a chance that we might just get it done before the World Cup break. So stay tuned. I'm sure the club will bring you all the latest on that one then. Um. Matt Grandevec again on Facebook. Also, who is your favourite Mariner who played for the Phoenix and why is it Gianni Stensness? It's got it's Danny, not, doesn't it? It's not. It's not. Um, well, yeah, it's Danny. It's, uh, for me, it's Adam Kwasnick. Well, I totally forgot. Mm. Sorry, well hang until. on. What was the question again? Who is your favourite Mariner who also played for the Phoenix and why is it Gianni Stensness? Right. Hmm. Um, who else rich anyone? Did Michael McGlinchey uh, play for them? I think Michael McGlinchey yeah. is my. He said favorite, Moz. I like Michael McGlinchey. I liked him when he was scoring our first goal away kick, in Asia. How do we kick him from this? <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still, I still like Mikey. I knew Mikey. In fact, he would have been. He would have been in the queue. He would have been that. Sorry, Luke. He would have been in that lineup the other night and should be in that testimonial match too. Oh, that's a good shout, actually. In fairness, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Uh, he was actually in that lineup. Yes, I'm was. a Sten Stan. <laughs> Sten Stan. <laughs> I am a big fan of Stens as well. I always liked him coming through the academy here as well after we brought him in from North Shore um, or Northbridge or Bulls FC or Far Southwest Northbridge or whatever they're called these days. Um, and, you know, came through the academy here, was always so versatile, could play anywhere across the back line. Came into the first team um, after returning from the Phoenix in the middle of the park. Gave that sort of steely dynamic um, that we maybe lacked in seasons prior. Um, and, yeah, he's fantastic. But, yeah, for me, you know, the people's champ, Adam Kwasnick. Interesting question, though. Mm. Variety mm. of answers. Ross Hodgson on Twitter. Last week's question, he says, was an easy one uh, with the uh, who'd be your favourite for a drink. So this week he asks, 
who would be best to have with you from the squad on a deserted island in terms of who would be too helpful, not too annoying, and someone who could get you on the way to survival? I feel like Dan would be an all right shout. I was going to say Dan too. I think, I th- yeah. Um, I think, uh, most and at, helpful. And at least if you're stranded, you've got something nice to look at. <laughs> I knew that I knew that was in there for both of you. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Which is why I'm going for um young Roos, because the guy's a beast. So, you know, Strong, if you're able to, yep. yeah, if yep. if I'm on a desert island then if I need to eat um something that's inside shells, he'll just bite those up. <laughs> shell, like, smash his head onto them on rocks and break them open because he's an animal. He is an absolute beast. Uh, mine's going to be Jason Cummings uh, because, you know, we might not last long, but, hey, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> and Captain Swish 23 on Twitter uh, wants to know our thoughts on Matt Simon's retirement presentation. Should it have been delayed? Um, this is something that we did touch on earlier in the show as well. Um, as Luke said, you know, it was a little bit disappointing that, you know, it was done – in the absolute driving rain, hammering rain. Um, but on the flip side, all of Sino's family and friends were there, um, would have felt probably wrong not to do anything. Um, more wrong, I think, in my opinion. The good news is, as we said, he's going to have the John Farnham farewell tour. Um, so there will be a testimonial match. Um, breaking news on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. There will be a Matt Simon testimonial. And there will also be another opportunity uh, for a uh, send-off at the Perth home game on the 23rd of October. Communicato yep. official, you heard it here first. The right, the right thing to do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Just keep it going. Um, every home game, let's just have another presentation. I don't know, actually, because... And, Moz, I don't know if you're in the stadium um, for, for this part, but during the presentation, Simo, you guys would have probably seen it on the on the socials, he choked up hard, and yeah, I'm not is, ashamed to admit I teared up big time. This is the only problem: is that he, he's not going to. Uh, nobody, like at least I don't, expect him to repeat what he said word for word and to have the exact same emotion again, because that's not going to happen, is it? Mm. I think I think just more of a formal presentation around sort of like the jersey retirement, um, and maybe just a couple of words is sort of fine. But um, yeah, I think you're right. He said what he said on the weekend, and he, he's he's not going to be able to repeat that <laughs> no i don't think exactly you can next time, draw on that level of emotion again because no, like the no. the absolute emotion the raw emotion all through that stadium um in spite of the conditions was just oh, mate it was tugging at my heartstrings big time um yeah it was, wow. so it really wasn't the rain it was just it was, me, it was my it was my it was me crying yeah <laughs> from the ground announcer box absolutely um, but yeah, good news there. Testimonial coming up. Another f- uh, chance to fare w- well, um, Simo there as well. So yeah, good news coming out of that. Yeah, and I think that's the right thing in the end. I mean, the import it's, it is important, um, the Simo part of it and the club part of it. But it's also the fans getting to say farewell. And uh, I haven't had my loose cannon, my Simo farewell loose cannon signed by Simo yet. So, and I'm sure there are literally thousands of fans who are. Pretty keen to get their loose cannon signed by Simo. So, one thing I do want to want to really quickly mention as well, of course, um, longtime member, uh, longtime member on the CCM fans.net forum as well, Style Cafe, uh, who is the one who has the Matty Bites Your Legs sign at all the home games and some away games as well. 
Um, so on the weekend, of course, he retired the Matty Bites Your Leg sign, um, but he pulled it down to unveil a new sign, the Come Dingo Howls. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. And the players love it too because they went straight over there. They saw it and the Come Dingo like cupped his hands through his mouth and he's gone, oh! Oh, my God. That is superb. <laughs> that is superb. That's a goal celebration in the making right there. Uh, it's it's oh, absolutely God. brilliant. So full credit to you there, Style Cafe. Absolutely brilliant work, mate. Um, over to the ccmfans.net forum where Cripple asks, oh, it feels a bit weird, Cripple asking this question, um, any update on when Moresh is expected back? Uh, yes, January, yeah, January, uh, January yeah. indeed. So, uh, latest um, information coming directly from the club, Communicado official. He is ahead of schedule, uh, although still due for a January return. Cool. Are there any well, was... hair? Like, like the condition of his hair? <laughs> yeah, it's well, he's going back to he's, he's, he's gone back, back to the uh, to the future Boise. Oh, better check that out, Luke. Sorry. I digress us. <laughs> uh, Dobby on the forum wants to know if there's any news on how Niz is going after his angle surgery in the off season. I'd say pretty well. He's in the starting lineup for the weekend. Yeah, probably better than what I thought, uh, considering yeah. he was in the lineup, so, which is good. Mm-hmm. And Coastal Raider on the ccmfans.net forum. Will you be releasing a Spotify playlist of the rainy day hits played at the stadium on Saturday? One of the best wet weather gigs I've been to. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. That was fun. Always have a bit of fun uh, with the uh, rainy bangers playlist. And um, unfortunately... DJ Pryor is smiling from ear to ear. I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a bad feeling that we're going to hear more of it throughout the course of this season. Thanks, La Nina. But um, we can always add to the playlist as we go and uh, just have some fun with it. Can't take all the credit, though. It's a team effort in that uh, in that box there. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. You boys come up with a good question. Let's look ahead to round two of our Liga action, kicking off once again this Friday as Brisbane Raw play host to Melbourne City FC. Fellas, your predictions for this one? City. City by two. City. Yeah, City comfortably. Moz? Yeah, I'm afraid City by – Josh is right by two. Could even say more, but hmm. even with Matt Lakey holding him back. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Lakey agenda. The Matt Lakey agenda from Moz. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Oh, I'm loving it. Uh, of course, Saturday, 5 p.m. kickoff as uh, that lot from up the road, Newcastle host Perth Glory at 5 p.m. I don't want to tip either of these teams, so draw. Yeah, yeah, same. I've gone for the draw. I think it's going to be washed out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping. hoping. (laughs) Because otherwise, if it isn't, then I probably have to go for the Jets. Yeah, I'm saying I'm tipping Jets this week, unfortunately. Pains me to do it, but I think they've just got a little bit too much for Perth. And uh, I do mean a little bit too much, bearing in mind that Perth are, you know, wooden spooners and probably my tip for the spoon again this year. Turning to the primetime Saturday, kickoff 7.45 p.m. Down in Melbourne, victory against the Wanderers. I see this one pretty comfortably in favour of the boys in blue. Yeah, victory will be too strong. Victory Victory by by eight. Easily. (laughs) 
Before we go to a super Sunday of football, of course, we travel over to Wellington. We'll come back to that one in a moment. Uh, the 3pm kickoff is MacArthur hosting Adelaide United. MacArthur. Adelaide. I wish I didn't no. have to say well. MacArthur. Yeah, same. Adelaide, Adelaide, because I think if the game had have stayed uh, 11 v 11 against Wellington, I think they would have won. For whatever reason, the uh, 10 men made them just not be able to go through with it. It's the old Mariner's curse. It Can't is, play against 10. Yep. They're going to need more than set pieces, though, playing against Big Ben and his partner. The HMS Big Fella, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh god I don't want to tip either um, oh, I'd rather tip Adelaide yeah I'm going to tip Adelaide uh, and finally rounding out the round this weekend of course Sunday 5pm Western United playing host to Sydney FC fellas thoughts draw I went for a draw in this one too so tempted to tip Shitney but um, I think I have to tip Western United because um, Lacroix will probably score in the correct net. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to tip. I'm I'm going with Sydney FC for this one, uh, just to give them a little bit of false hope um, and keep Corica uh, in a job. Just extend his uh, extend delay the inevitable for another few weeks. There. When do we play them? Not soon enough. No, because that's when we want to seal the deal. <laughs> let's of course have a closer look at the match that matters this weekend it is uh the good guys in yellow us taking on the other guys in yellow uh over the ditch in wellington our first wellington away for a red hot minute um actually no we had one last season didn't we and that yeah, went pretty well yeah of course, missing Garang, missing Dan Hall, missing Nectar Triantis this weekend as well. So it will be a fairly makeshift back four once again. Hopefully, Kalechi is back to fitness. I haven't been down to training yet to see. Um, but, fellas, how are you feeling about this one? I'm quietly optimistic. We could see a uh, we could see a uh, Windust and Caltech um, centre-back pairing, potentially, depending on Kalechi's uh, fitness. But outside of that, I suspect it will probably be the same 11 as what we saw uh, named, at least, for the Newcastle game. Mm. Um, but, you know, Wellington, you know, they they probably, like I said before, they probably deserved all three points um, against Adelaide in the end. But um, that, that was probably more, more, more just how they went about it, not necessarily was I overly impressed with how they played. I mean, Costa Barbarousas, you didn't really know he was on the pitch for the first 60 or 70 minutes. Um, he sort of probably picked up where he left off in the last sort of couple of seasons. He was sort of pretty anonymous. Um, you know, the couple of new signings, Zawada and Krayev, you know, they were okay. Um, obviously, Sasse getting the red card is going to probably change things um, sort of for them. I, I dare say probably Clayton Lewis might come in to start, who... Um, got a great uh, was it a secondary assist for the goal on the weekend that he that uh, played the ball through, um, mm. which was a fantastic bit of play. But I think probably the the biggest sort of signing for them is Yugarkovic uh, in the midfield. He sort of probably really uh, shored that up, um, 
and him in there with Pennington on the weekend. Sort of Pennington was a bit sort of indifferent, but Yugakovic I thought um, was impressive for for a number of reasons. Probably just never worked out for him at the Wanderers, but I've always rated him and thought for a while there when he was at the Jets, he was probably the best uh, midfielder in the league almost, um, and he's going to be a great sort of pickup for Wellington. So. Um, I I suspect that their, their midfield would not be as easy to cut through, maybe as what it was last season. So it's how we it's how we utilise our wide players that's uh, going to be important, I think. And the great thing is, I think in terms of our wide players, we've got some depth there as now as well now with uh, Marco Tulio coming into the side. Mm. Yeah, and that and Wellington's obviously uh, they've got Baragas online from the Jets who started at left back on the weekend um, and he was okay, but he's, he's, I think, I think we can put some real pressure on him um, in that spot as opposed to going down the other side where pain is. Um, I think if we can probably try and target Baragas uh, and their, their left-hand side and use our right-hand side, um, I think we potentially might see a little bit of a Benny Enkolo uh, field day up against him, hopefully. I think you'll see probably Benny and Sammy swapping sides a fair bit as we saw throughout the course of last season as well, yeah. where Benny and whoever was playing on the opposite wing would quite often rotate throughout that um, that final third. Um, so I think, yeah, Moragas is going to have no end of headaches on, on Sunday, Arbo. And there's going to be those options there. It's another week uh, under um, uh, of time that uh, our Brazilian maestro uh, has been here, so another week of preparation, maybe a few more minutes. He was on the bench in this last game, so you had to think that Monty was thinking about giving him a little taste of that. Um, so fingers crossed uh, when, you know, Sammy or Benny is less effective, then we'll have that option there. Um, yeah, I'm fairly confident that we like we have such a good record, possibly because we won't play in yellow over there. Um, they will, so the referee will probably be all over him, especially if it's Sean Evans. Um, but yeah, I, I think we have got something for them there. We won't have uh, Garang prancing through the midfield to lay off the ball to finish like in that last. So that's who could finish in that last game. But nevertheless, um, we still have you know multiple attacking weapons. And yeah, so for me, I didn't see anything that makes me think that they're going to tear us to pieces at the back end, even if we are a little bit makeshift. And I've seen a heap of. Um, this sort of versatility we've got there. Who knew that Storm Rue could um, be a suitable solution on the right, let alone the left, um, which he has been. So, you know, I still think, yeah, I think we can we can put up a good performance in this and get our season started with, you know, maybe a point or more. Well, that's one thing I did want to mention as well, something that we saw a bit of in preseason with Storm Rue actually playing as a centre-back. So he could potentially even be an option uh, at the heart of defence alongside Brian Kaltak this weekend if um, if Kalechi's not back at full fitness. And then we might finally get to our, like, Mr. Kuzewski starting a right-back or Aquilina, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, Maybe Sash might make the trip. Yeah, 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 and it'd be, it would be great to see him in the uh, in the squad as well for the trip. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But um, yeah, and like, I'm, I'm not I'm not too concerned about their speed or anything sort of up top either. Um, well, this is what I wanted to touch on as well. How do we how do yeah. we nullify the Wayne train? Well, that's that's the thing. Whether whether you know he was he was used really as an impact player on the weekend and it worked. Um, so maybe you know maybe. You know, potentially instead of starting Lewis in place for Sase, he starts 
starts a wine train, which uh, maybe sort of poses a bit more of a threat, but um, I suspect we'll probably still see, still see, still see Wayne on the bench. Um, so, I mean, you look at that sort of up, up the top there, Barbarossas, Duarte and Craya, they're, they're not, from what I saw on the weekend, they're not really that quick. So uh, there's not really a, a speed threat, I don't think, uh, there from them. Um, I think with the few players we've got, you know, especially Benny and uh, Silvera, I think they're the key on the weekend. 100% agree with that. Us 2-0. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, Moz? Yeah, I'm honest as well. I don't know about 2-0 or exactly score-wise, but, yeah, I think I'm tipping us. 2-1. Moz, you've got to pick us. a score. Do I? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, is this I've your first podcast? It's in the rules. It's in the Constitution. Uh, I haven't read the Constitution. Is that in this document? That I, no. Um, <laughs> will they sc- No, I don't think they're going to score. So it looks right. 2-0. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 3-1. I think they will. Um, they will find a way through, um, but we're just going to be too good on the day, um, as you say. I think, hundred percent agree with you that um, that our wide players are the key on the day, and I think we're going to cause them some real night terrors. That is all we have time for this week on the Coast Football Ramble podcast, fellas. Uh, looking very much forward to Wellington away this week, uh, getting the job done, of course, to send a skyrocketing up the table, push us further ahead of Sydney FC, of course, as well. Lads, it has once again been an absolute pleasure. Final thoughts? Let's uh, get our season started, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Let's prove that we're the better yellow. It's the yellow army derby. <laughs> Is the dog going to get the biscuit, Pete? (laughs) Is that a metaphor for this week's game? No, it's not. He's speaking literally as I distract my dogs with treats so I can complete the outro this week on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll we'll see you soon. It's lovely to see you. Bye. That is all we have time for this week on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Fellas, um, looking very much forward to our first Wellington away of the season. Shame that t- uh, flights are about 1,500 returns, so won't be attending this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That was perfect. It's good. All right, cool. I like that. <clears throat> um, uh, 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 uh.